When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Cisco Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, T-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. Welcome into the Ole Miss Morning After Show on this October 29, 2023. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Ole Miss is 7-1 for the second straight year for the first time since the 60s after a 33-7 win over Vanderbilt. And unfortunately for us, Bradley South spent all of his Saturday in Louisiana on a softball field. I spent almost all of my Saturday on a softball field as well. How much of it did you get to see, buddy? How are you? Yeah, I got to I got to watch most of the game. Good man, I got to watch most of the game. Um, you know, thank goodness for technology nowadays. You can have a game in your pocket essentially and, and watch the whole thing while while doing other things. So, um, yeah, man, this 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 travel travel softball is is something serious, man. We're somewhere every weekend, and and I would tell you, I'll tell you a funny story on that. I actually met a guy recently that listens to our show. Um, don't know him at all, just a random guy, and he thought that all this time I was referring to me playing travel softball. I, oh, I, I busted out laughing. I'm like, no, man, this is my kids. He was like, oh, dude, I thought you were like playing competitive softball. I was like, if you are traveling every weekend to play competitive softball, something ain't right, dude. So, no, it's not me. It's my kids. Um, you know, any, anybody who's had, had kids that play travel sports understand it is not um, it is not not ideal <laughs> to be somewhere every weekend, but you got to do it for the kids, man. Well, yesterday was my first full experience of the all-day softball tournament, and – it's it's a chore now. It's exhausting. It and it is literally all day. We got there at nine o'clock and we did not leave until I got home in time for the kickoff. It was all day. Yeah. And unfortunately, New Albany Angels, they're still learning how to play some softball. How's your girl doing? We're good. We're four and zero in Ruston right now. We're um day two. So that's see that that's the thing, Ben. That's this the levels you go through. And any any parent that that plays travel softball or baseball or anything's gonna understand this. You start out as a team, you're not very good. All the girls stay together for a while. They become really good. And then you have no damn hope of getting home before 1 a.m. in the morning. Because <laughs> our team, I mean, we're either just good enough to make the championship, win the championship, or we, we're we always top three. So it's just like you just know when you go to the ballpark, there's no such thing as getting home at 
at even six o'clock. Six o'clock will be a great day, right? And once you get better and really good, it's it's you're, you're starting championship games at eleven o'clock at night. You know, sometimes so. Um, yeah, it is. It is. It gets brutal. Our, our little team's pretty darn good, though. Well, that, that's what was so funny um, when I was texting Brad because we always have to figure out, all right, hey, when do you want to record? And he's like, I got an hour window on Sunday morning, and I was like, oh shit, it's that serious. It's that kind of softball team. Like you have, yeah. you have an hour break in the action. And Ole Miss again, seven and one, beats up on Vanderbilt, jumped ahead twenty six to nothing. The second half was, it, it was just an exercise in getting it over with, but. What do you think of the game and the win? And like I said, this is the second time in a row Ole Miss is seven and one, and they haven't yep. done that since the '60s. And we can still continue to talk about playoff potential. Uh, it's a long shot just because of the teams they've got to jump, but there is a path there. What do you think of the win and and kind of Ole Miss holding serve? You know, I think Lane said it best after the game. Hey, survive and advance on to the next round. That's a great mindset to have. He's got him in playoff mode right now, essentially. Like, hey. You know, their, their playoffs started now because they have to win out and it even get a crack at it. But um, you look at the first half, man, game plan looked good. We kind of were a little, little aggressive, went after them, got up 26 points. And, you know, second half looked very vanilla. And, and you know, I, I know people, oh, you know, the offense didn't look good. Listen, man, in games like that, all Lane cares about once he gets a lead is, hey, let's get out of here with no freaking injuries. We have two games coming up versus, I mean, it's literally going to make or break the, the, the season. You know, I mean, we have a chance to compete for the SEC the next two weeks. And the last thing you'd want is an injury. Ideally, would you like to play a little better in the second half? Yes, but also we were very vanilla. I mean, it wasn't going crazy game plan, just trying to get out of that game. So um, I'm happy, man. We're, we're at a place where where we can beat a Vandy 33-7 to and coast through it. Um, I, I like where we're at. You know, of course you want to win 50-7, to but, you know, it's an SEC game, man. There, there was years where, where we had to kick a game when the field goal to beat Vandy, right? So people need to put that into perspective and, and realize where our program is is you know we I mean we could you know show up and win games like that and kind of control the, the whole outcome of that game easily and hell I'm telling you right now a game like that uh, the good teams and Lane's gonna be like this as well his ass ain't thinking about Vandy as soon as that fourth quarter hits he's, he's already thinking about AM in his head hey we're gonna wipe this on this is a win seven and one that's all that matters and um, they're on to the next thing man I, I can assure you that right now they're probably not I mean that they'll watch this film very quick and they're, they're on to AM this morning what I love about Lane Kiffin the multi layers of Lane Kiffin is I absolutely agree with you. Once they got up 26 to nothing, from that point on, it's procedural. Let's just get out of here with a win because there's no such thing anymore with the BCS no longer a thing. Style points. It doesn't matter how you get your wins now. Just get your wins. So Ole Miss yep. is absolutely in late October, November, around the corner. At the end of this week, it will be November, and Ole Miss will be playing Texas a with a chance to continue to push not only for the SEC West – though Alabama has to lose twice, but also the playoffs. So, yes, absolutely was protecting the players, protecting the team, because we've already seen how injuries have impacted this team all year. They have not had their full complement of offensive weapons together for one game all year, and they won't because Jordan Watkins um, has his broken hand, though he did play the entire game on Saturday. They tried to throw him the ball, didn't really have that much success with him. But where he really had his most uh, value, I think, was really as a punt returner. We knew that was coming, too, because they had some trouble with that last week when they first tried someone other than Jordan Watkins. But it ended up being the Dayton Wade game. Jackson Dart had another efficient enough game. He didn't love his performance. But it's funny, when you think about Lane Kiffin, you're absolutely right. He was protecting the players. And then they have a goal on the sidelines. 
Yeah, that, that was gonna be my next. That was gonna be my next comment, Ben. Is that, that basketball game told me that basketball goal told me everything I needed to know about. Hey, I, that's one of those games. that's just man, you're you're sandwiched in between two really damn good games coming up, and this is one that it, it, I don't know for whatever. It's just hard to get up for these games, man. It really is for a game like that. You know, you should win. Um, you know, but you know, deep down inside, you like that. You like that feeling all week. That Alabama feeling, that that LSU feeling, that Georgia feeling, where. It's got like a pit in your stomach because you know what's coming, so you're working extra hard. You're you're thinking about it. You're not. You don't have that feeling when you play Bandy. You know you should whoop their ass. Yeah, that just is what it is. And um, it, that basketball goal told me all I need to know. Hey, I need something fun. It was gonna give us something to get these guys excited. And this is no knock on Bandy. Ole Miss is in a different spot as a yeah. as a program right now. And um, you know, we're heading for probably top ten, close to top ten this week. So. Um, that that goal I thought was hilarious. I was like, shit, it's actually kind of fun, kind of funny, you know. At least give them some kind of motivation because that this next two weeks, though, I mean, we're set up to to really to really be a, a special time, at, you know, at Ole Miss and, and the players coming out of that healthy is pretty good, and, and I'm sure the players are ready to roll. I mean, I, I can't I can't imagine there would be a situation where we aren't you know licking our chops to get out to the practice field. But that's what's so funny is he was absolutely just trying to get out of there with the win and protect the rest of his healthy players and all those kind of things. But my buddy B.J. Smith, he asked me on Twitter, he goes, can we just all kind of acknowledge here how dangerous this possibility is? And I wanted to say I understand that, and I get it, and I agree with it. But at some point, too, you got to let this team breathe and have some fun and trust your team. And these guys know that, too. I mean, don't do anything crazy stupid. I mean, Jackson Dart um, did throw one off the backboard and then to himself for like a dunk contest-level dunk. I love that kind of stuff. I think it builds character. I think it builds just an expectation on the sideline. Like, we're, we're here – to beat the shit out of whoever comes across from us. And I do appreciate that, though. I do think it's kind of funny because, yes, Lane Kiffin was looking to protect his team, and yet there was that basketball goal. <laughs> hey, yeah, go dunk on it real quick in the middle of yeah. in-between yeah, breaks. Go, go, go dunk with an extra 30 pounds of pads and cleats on and get that ankle one. <laughs> get that ankle one good night, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that is funny. I'm, I'm glad. I, I I don't know about – I mean, Dayton Wade, come on, dude. You, you make all those athletic catches and you can't dunk on an eight-foot hoop. Maybe like, Dayton like, Wade was that, looking out for himself. You know, he was looking out for no more. Like, hey guys, I, I've done my part. I don't want to. Like, I don't trust myself enough to try to go do like a Vince Carter windmill or something. You know, dude. How about the, those goals? Were like, I think we all had one of those goals from Walmart yes. as a kid, right? The eighty nine ninety nine Christmas present, and and the the amount of hang and dangle that rim has after the first two dunks. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean you're just wet from outside, right? You're 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 pretty much throwing it through a hole. So. Well, the um, funny thing I, for me is, is that uh, I think Tom Hart, who was calling the game, my buddy Tom Hart, he was like, "the the goal is eight and a half feet," and the first thing that went through my mind is, "I don't, I don't think I can get eight and a half." <laughs> <laughs> you don't think you can get the net on no, eight and a half? Yeah, I no, love it. No, 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 no. I, I don't think I get that. But Quinshawn did. Jackson Dart did. Jackson Dart finished, um, nineteen of twenty eight for two hundred forty yards and a touchdown. He now ranks tenth all time in career passing yards. He has over 5,000 passing yards in his almost career. Dayton Wade, as we've been talking about, huge career game for him, 120 yards, eight receptions, one touchdown. He's the one that's really been the beneficiary of Jordan Watkins not being 100%. He's, we were wanting to see who was going to emerge as that go-to option as far as a lot of catches because Trey Harris is the best receiver on this team, but defenses treat him that way. They roll coverage to him. They bracket coverage to him. So his opportunities are going to be a little bit more limited. You need somebody to go out there and do what Jordan had been doing, and that's win one-on-ones, and Dayton Wade is winning one-on-ones. His 48-yard catch was his fifth 40-plus-yard reception of the season. His fifth of the season. Um, and it was a circus catch. He's now amassed 
a total of 522 yards this year, 36 receptions. He's eclipsed 1,000 career receiving yards. So Dayton Wade is obviously going to be getting one of your helmet stickers. But who's another player out there? Quinshawn Juckins was great again. Um, he's rounding back into form, looking more and more like himself. 124 rushing yards, 17 carries, two touchdowns. His eighth career multi-rushing touchdown game. He's now tied for number four all-time at Ole Miss with Archie Manning for career rushing touchdowns with 25. So if you're with Archie, you're with good company. Who else really stuck out to you? What stood out to you and really gives you optimism about this team continuing to push and get the playoff conversation and get really heated up? Man, I'm giving a helmet sticker to the whole D-line. I think they absolutely demolished Vandy's O-line um, in the past rush game. I, mean, I think we had between, you know, three guys, they had, you know, six and a half, seven sacks, somewhere in there. Um, you know, Johnson, Piggies, and Ivy both had it. All three had a monster game. Um, I mean, I thought they were all over the quarterback. That, that made the difference. Um, defense in general, man, I mean, I think Ole Miss fans should be extremely excited. And and I was I was a little bit skeptical coming in, right? here, here My mindset for Pete Golding was, hey, he was at Alabama. He had all these five stars. He, you know, when Pete Golden coming in, he's coaching 20, 21 of his 22 guys are probably going to play in the NFL. At Ole Miss, you know, three of your 22 guys are going to the NFL, right? So I was, and I was like, hey, you know, I don't know. Maybe Nick Saban don't let, you know, great assistants just leave, but damn, was I wrong, you know, or, or, or well, not necessarily wrong, but I was proven. I, I was shown, hey, this dude can coach, man, because. Talent-wise, we are very average, De- decent, nothing spectacular on our defense. But, man, they're in the right places. He 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 blitzes in the right spots. We get a lot of pressure. I mean, I think TFLs were, were, were ranked pretty high in the nation. So, I mean, kudos to, to damn Pete Goldman. He's got this defense playing. And it ain't just because it's Vandy. He's done this a lot. I mean, really, the offense has been good. I would say our offense has not been great. I think people would agree our defense is playing way above their head throughout this season and it's really helped us get to the seven and one without our defense like this we're, we may be a five and three team right now so you know Pete Gold I'm giving my helmet sticker to the D-line I think he is he's continuously showed that that he is um he is well well worth the hire a hundred percent and that, that's one thing you and I've talked about a lot both on the air and off the air is after Alabama we were so frustrated because man the opportunity was there this old Miss team felt like it had it all and it was a wasted opportunity, just a lot more talk. And it's it's a lot easier to talk your shit when you keep losing those games. You say, oh, well, well, next time. Well, now next time has arrived. And a lot of the reason why next time has arrived under Lane Kiffin with Ole Miss has to do with Pete Golding. That was a brilliant masterstroke hire. And I still had that same kind of skepticism you did. I think a lot of Ole Miss fans had that skepticism. And yet this defense, we've been talking about this ever since Lane Kiffin got here. You know the offense is going to be there, even on nights – when they're not clicking for four quarters. And last night, either by design or not, they weren't clicking for four quarters. They jump out to a 26 to nothing lead. Old days, Ole Miss defensively, you're just waiting for that bust player two to happen to make it more interesting than it had to be. This defense is shutting teams down. This is the defense that Lane Kiffin has been waiting for at Ole Miss to really, truly compete. He has complete trust, you can tell, and and confidence that Pete Golding is going to lead this defense where it needs to go. And Ole Miss held Vanderbilt to just 229 yards of total offense. That's the fewest since Georgia Tech, 214 for Georgia Tech in 2022. The fewest against an SEC opponent since Ole Miss held Texas A&M to 192 in 2015. Vanderbilt was only allowed one play in the first half on Ole Miss's side of the field. And the defense held Vandy to just 60 yards passing. The fewest since Baylor was held to 40 in 2022, the Sugar Bowl, and the fewest against an SEC opponent since Ole Miss stuffed Vandy 
to 60 yards on September 6, 2014. Ole Miss has held three consecutive SEC opponents to less than 300 yards of total offense. The first time an Ole Miss defense has done that since 2008-09, one game in 2008 and two games in 2009. And Trey Washington grabbed a career-high two interceptions on the night. So he gets my helmet sticker, one of three we hand out. He's the first Ole Miss player with two interceptions in a game since A.J. Finley against Liberty in 2021, having a great year. He's one of 39 players nationally and five within the SEC this season with multiple interceptions in the same game. So that defense, veteran players stepping up that have been here a while, not just the transfers. Trey Washington has had a great year and really put him on the map for the next level with his play this year, and it's all really come together. And that's why, yeah, we can talk about the offense always with Lane Kiffin. You know they're going to score points, even when they're – uh, down in the dumps, the threat of them scoring will always be there. Defensively, the most impressive thing has been the consistency in which they've made it tough for, for opposing offenses, even with a lack of top-to-bottom talent necessarily across the board. They've done a hell of a job. I mean, you, you couldn't have asked for more from Pete Golden in year one. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. It's 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 been a good um... – it's been it's been a pleasant surprise, you know. It, it really has. So I'm I'm excited about um about about where we're going defensively. This is, to me, I'd almost rather have a, a solid offense and a, a really good defense and a great offense and a, a really bad defense. LSU is experiencing that right now, right? So LSU looks a lot like what what we looked like one of those years under Corral, where we score 55 but we're going to lose 50 56 55, you know. And um, I, I think I, it's just it's just been a, a great. Great surprise for us. And I, when I was watching the game last um, last night, I was like, man, the whole time I kept thinking, these aren't even his players, dude. These are not even like the dogs that he wants to bring in. The Ole Miss Morning After Show with Ben and Brad is brought to you by Jake Ott of Bank of England Mortgage. Buying a home? Take the first step by getting pre-approved by the Jake Ott team at your local Bank of England Mortgage. Buy with confidence, knowing the exact cost and what to expect by getting the paperwork behind you on the front end, making for a relaxed, stress-free home buying experience. Whether it's your game day condo, starter home, dream home, investment property, beach house, or mountain home, Jake Ott and Bank of England Mortgage have the financial solution for you. And through the end of 2023, they're offering no-cost refinance for all who purchase in the current high-rate economy. Interest rates will come down soon, but Jake Ott and Bank of England Mortgage will be there to save you big money on your refinance when the time is right. Let Oxford's best take the stress out of your home buying experience. Check out Jake Ott and the Bank of England Mortgage team at www.boeoxford.com. That's boeoxford.com. Or you can contact Jake directly at 662-832-4663. That's Jake Ott of Bank of England Mortgage, the title sponsor of the Ole Miss Morning After Show with Ben and Brad. Introducing the new and improved BNA Bank mobile app. From setting transaction alerts and tracking your spending habits to managing travel plans and turning off a lost or stolen debit card, you can take care of all of it in the new BNA mobile app. At BNA Bank, we know that life moves pretty fast, and we have the mobile technology to keep up with your life on the go. BNA Bank, local, invested, modern banking. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? 
Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601-953-8449 and get your free quote today. It's concert season and concert season is all about the boots. Already Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove. Beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com try. Go to shopify.com try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com try. All right, so good win. Um, SEC win to get to 7-1. and one. Uh, I think they just said on the radio, 19 and two last 21 home games. So that, that's pretty cool and neat to see our players come out and play with really good energy in all phases early and 
you know, because these are sometimes, as you know, flat games and trap games, whatever you want to call them, with an opponent that's not had a lot of success as of late. So proud of that. Really proud of our defense for the most part all day. Um, that offense was good early and then stalled and um, unfortunately didn't do a really good job uh, in the pass game and third down areas and thought we ran it really well. I think the, the stats don't quite look as well with the sacks and the um, fumble that uh, went back behind Jackson, lost a lot of yards on. But I thought the running backs did a really good job. You know, if you come away 7-3 and 6-0 per carry between the two of them, um, that's a good day. So was pleased with that. Um, just wish we'd have been a little cleaner in the passing game and protection. Lane, you Monday and, and your players on defense all week talked about the, the NFL-type draftable Bless receivers you. that uh, Vanderbilt has. Just what does it say to that secondary to hold them to 60 total yards in the passing game? I think that's great. I mean, you guys have been here like me and um, seen times where people have been able, just like last year against these guys, be able to come in and throw the ball around on us and um, a struggle in the secondary. So I think it started up front by how well we played up front with the rushers, um, with the pressure and the amount of sacks, and, and but the coverage was really good today, too. Lane, five sacks today, um, three, at least three in every game this season. Um, touched on it a little bit there, but I'm curious, I mean, what, what kind of impact, looking at that from an offensive perspective, what kind of impact does that have getting after the quarterback that consistently? <laughs> It's great. Um, I think, too, you know, I don't know exactly the numbers, but it felt like they were like big sacks. You know, sometimes the guy scrambles and runs out of bounds one yard short um, and you get credit for a sack. So I thought they were significant yardage sacks with really good rushes. So that was um, it's great to see. We've been doing it um, a lot of times this year and those guys have come together and and played really well. Very physical. Dayton Wade had a, had a huge first half. I think he had a season high in, in yards overall, had that nice catch down the sidelines. Just what does he mean to this offense? Just love the way he plays. I mean, the guy plays almost every snap and, you know, not the biggest guy, the way he tries to block in there and the effort that he plays with. And um, he's just one of our favorite guys. You guys hear us talk about culture one guys that play every snap like it's the biggest snap and don't complain about things. And um, so we're lucky to have a number of those guys. Just staying on the topic of defense, uh, Jared Ivey getting three sacks tonight. Is it safe to say this is one of the best games that, you, that he's had since he's been here? I mean, it seems that way. Obviously, I watched the film before, you know, all the details of it. But statistically, yes. And he seemed to really be a force. Made the big sack last week at the end, too. Um, you know, beating the guard last week on a huge sack. So uh, he, he's done a really good job. I think, too, you know, you got to give Pete Golding a lot of credit. Um, for this turnaround, uh, a lot of these are the same players, and um, I know he took a lot of heat the LSU game, but I tried to say it. I think coming at LSU does that to everybody. Um, so, you know, um, he's done a great job, and it's paid off by how hard they play, and then schematical issues that he's given people also. Coach, uh, the first half, you guys did a pretty good job defensively, and as well, you did most of the game, but. Vanderbilt moved the ball a little bit easier with Walt Taylor coming in there in the second half. Do you talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, I'm going to tell you something most coaches wouldn't tell you. I was like, that first run, I was like, who is this guy? Did they like Sam, sign like Cam Newton or something? Because I didn't have any idea who he was. So that's not very good of me not knowing, but that's a big guy. And so um, hard to bring down, physical downhill runner. And um, obviously that wasn't really something we were preparing for a lot. And I did a good job. Lane, you started off this year 7-1. Seven one last year. Did you learn anything from last year that you kind of look back on to how you can get finish out the season? Yeah, not let John report rumors are going somewhere will help too. <laughs> just kidding, John. Just kidding. I saw you waving your hand right before that. Um, I, I've said before I don't think we handled that very well. I think that the Alabama loss, um, you know, we let that keep beating us, and chancing that to go to I think eight and one or nine and one, whatever it was, um, you know, and then kind of fell apart. So. Two years ago, we lost Alabama and played really well after. And it seems to be that we're doing the same thing again this year. And I think that says a lot about the players and their resolve um, to overcome, you know, a really bad or a bad game. A couple of us were talking, and none of us could spot um, Ashim Young on the sidelines or on the field. Are, are we blind, or is, is he was he not there tonight? He was not, and that is not medical. That's disciplinary. So it's unfortunate. Well, you know, um, I think it's a lot of things. I think he's doing better. He's running harder. I think the line's playing better. And I think Priest Corn makes a big difference. You know, um, we kind of had specialty tight ends in his place um, during that and trying to run some different things. And, and he gives you a big physical tight end. So I think that's a big difference in it also. And you also mentioned that you hold this program to, you know, a very high standard. You guys have been playing really good football these last four games. I know that you got to know, you know, what's ahead in terms of your goals and such. Do you think kind of this team is playing kind of well enough at this point now to potentially reach those those standards that you kind of set this program to? I just worry about each week, you know. Um, I think it's a good thing that we have a standard around here that, as you can probably tell, like, hey, we won an SEC game by 26 points and a team that you know, no disrespect, beat us a couple times a few of the years before we got here. So, um, and beat Florida last year and um, Kentucky. So, I think when you beat a team by that by 26 and you're still kind of, you know, disappointed in a lot of areas, is good standards to have. Consistency has returned to Ole Miss defensively that it just not ha hasn't had. And that's really what separates this Ole Miss team under Lane Kiffin compared to the other ones as far as true contention for what the end goal has been said to have been since Lane Kiffin got here, play for a national championship, be in the fight, as Chris Beard says. And Ole Miss is in the fight because that defense has now kind of not evened up with offense, with the Ole Miss offense under Lane Kiffin, but certainly is more than holding its own. This defense is winning games for Ole Miss and doing what it needs to, like in a 26 to nothing lead over Vanderbilt, hey, we need to take the foot off the gas. We need to protect. Go shut them down. Yeah, they scored a touchdown, but that was it. 33-7? to seven? I mean, that's a, that's just as good a work as you're going to get. Yeah, Pete, Pete has a great – this year has been great for him too because he has a great sales pitch now, right? Hey, I go into a kid's living room. I go into a, to a good defensive player's living room. I tell the family like, hey, man, 
you know, people thought I could only coach because I was at Alabama. I had all these good players, you know. I, but look, look what happened. When we went to Ole Miss, and we, we turned that defense great. I, I can develop and coach your kid. Um, you know, trust me with him. Say this has been a great year for. I mean, he's already a, you know sells himself, but I think he's got even stronger pitch now. Um, when when recruiting a kid, man, I mean, they, he's developed a defense that there isn't no there's no crazy top end five stars on this defense. Right, it's just a bunch of it's a bunch of good athletes. Not yet, you know, solid players. Yeah, not yet. That's what I'm saying. So he goes into he can go into a guy and say, "Hey, I can get your kid to the next level." I've proven it at Alabama, and now I went to an Ole Miss defense who has you know shahash posh of average talent, and they're playing above you know way above their heads. So, um, you know, I think this has been outstanding for Ole Miss. I think it's more than fair to have been skeptical, of Pete Gold, and it just wasn't Ole Miss fans or us on this podcast being negative Nellies or anything like that. I think nationally there was this. Uh, not necessarily a red mark on his resume, but certainly a question mark of if it was real because of the Alabama under Nick Saban, who was a defensive-minded head coach, the greatest of all time. There was that, well, they weren't the same kind of Alabama defense. But that's because really with the advent of these offenses that go super fast and score from far and all the penalties have kind of been slanted towards the offensive players, points are supposed to be scored in college football and football in general in 2023. And yet... Ole Miss is being really, really stingy, really, really stingy. Cedric Johnson, he led Ole Miss and tallied a career high, seven tackles, four solos, a sack, two tackles for loss, and two quarterback hurries. And I, for one, have been one of those that have said, Cedric Johnson has been a really solid player for Ole Miss. But when has he ever really taken over a game? Yesterday, he took over a game. He took over a game. And inappropriate, too, because he's the Chucky Mullins Award winner, and Ole Miss was celebrating not only homecoming on Saturday, but the hit for Chucky that paralyzed him. And – you know, for him to have that game, that not breakout game, because he's always been solid, but that emerging game that shows you there's growth under Pete Golding. And he's bringing the best out of guys that we had questions, legitimate questions about. Jared Ivey looks like an NFL player now. Career high two yeah, and a half sacks, five total tackles. He looks like an NFL player. And that is the Pete Golding effect. So you're absolutely right, man. Who's your third helmet sticker go to? You know, I mean, it's obviously Judkins. I know we said that. It's just I think if you look at overall in the day, that that would be the probably the obvious choice. I mean, I think he ran really hard. He's getting back in form. Um, you know, and, and I look at it twofold, right? He started out kind of slow. I think everybody would agree with that. Um, this year, he definitely didn't look like himself. But if you ever wanted him good at 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 a, at a certain time in the season, it's now, right? I mean, we're we're, we're seven and one. If, if there's ever a time where you where you really want to start sticking the ball in in, in Judkins' chest. And making him help you win games with 25, 30 carries is going into these next two weeks because these are going to be physical ball games with where you are going to be facing high end talent. You know, whether AM sucks or not, which I, I don't think AM is very good, to be honest with you, they're still loaded with five stars all over the field and, and good players, right? So, so you're going to have to come out there and be physical and run the ball. And, and right now is the time. And, you know, he, he had a great game yesterday. I think he ran extremely hard. Hell, the one, the one was like a zone read. It was a bad read by the quarterback. He handed it off to the damn running back. He should have pulled that ball. Well, hell, Juckins, you know, takes the ball and just, you know, bitch slaps the dude. And he falls down. He runs in for a touchdown. Most most average running backs are getting stuffed in the backfield right there yeah. because of their quarterback. But but there's there's little plays that people don't appreciate that it's just, you know, that that's on Juckins. That's a touchdown on him. That had nothing to do with the O-line anything, right? That's him just making a play. And and, and those, those are the kind of things someone like that can do. So, yeah, him getting strong is – yeah, at this point in the year, it's going to be huge for us going forward. He was already emerging. Three of his last four games, he's gone over 100 yards. He's now up to number six in Ole Miss history in career rushing yards. Saturday, was with his 124, was his 11th career 100-yard rushing game in the third of the year. The first time I noticed that Quinshawn was truly back was, was Auburn, the way he was running, the anger in which he was running with. 
and that has not left. And he was motivated because Auburn's home is, you know, they spurned him in recruiting. He was pissed off, but he's carrying over that pissed off running style that made him who he was. And Saturday, you're right. I mean, Jackson Dart said it after the game, wasn't my best game. And he threw an interception, just wasn't as efficient as he had been, but that's going to happen. Sometimes you're just not going to be at your absolute best. Can your teammates pick you up? And Jackson Dart's carried Ole Miss offensively all year. And Quinshawn, being Quinshawn again, oh, man, that opens this offense up completely. He looks like the Quinshawn that set a single-season Ole Miss record as a true freshman for rushing yards, right? I mean, he looks like that guy again because he's running with that kind of authority and anger that makes him – better than everyone else in the country when he's got the ball in his hands. And we've just been waiting to see that. And what a weapon that is to have that Quinshawn with this Ole Miss offense and this Ole Miss defense that's going to stop any opposing offense potentially on a given possession and give the ball back to you. Quinshawn is such a huge part of this, and it's good to see him look like himself again. Yeah, absolutely, man. So going forward, man, let's move on. If we look at A&M, what, you know, I want to touch on a few things that I think that we should, you know, where we need to be, you know, where we are right now, where we need to be going forward. If you if you look at our offense, man, I think that um that that there's two two statistical categories that 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 could take Ole Miss to the next level, right? I think our offense is good, defense is good. I think we can agree we have a complete ball team at Ole Miss. I mean, we 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 are definitely a, an upper tier, you know, top fifteen, maybe top ten team. Heck, special I think teams. Caden Davis, he drilled a twenty-seven yarder, a forty-eight yarder. I mean, field goal wise, yep. this is. He's got a field goal kicker's Lane Kiffin that he trusts. He hates kicking yep. field goals, but he doesn't mind run Caden Davis out there. I agree. He he's definitely done a little better about that this year. I think I think he kind of looked at the stats or something. Then overall, was like, I hey, probably just kicks more field goals. But if you look at our at our offense, man, I think there's two two statistical categories that we if we could get better at these two, I think we'll be. You look at third down. Um, you know, our third down efficiency is is not the greatest, man. A lot of our games this year, we have not been great on third down. If we can get somewhere in that fifty percent range, um, you know, more consistent and, and and getting even over that in the big games, I think that'd be huge. I think you look in the red zone, man. I think Ole Miss is. I don't know what it is. I mean, red zone's hard. Don't don't get me wrong. Like like it, you know, throughout the years, a red zone offense, a great red zone offense is very hard to maintain and very hard to, to scheme plays for, but. I think in the bigger games, that's going to hurt Ole Miss if we don't fix that those two categories. I mean, I think third down and in the red zone, man. If we can somehow get better there, I think our team would be extremely hard to beat. And I think that's the only thing setting us setting us, you know, uh, you know, back a little bit on offense. Man, we got to be a little better on third down, and we've got to freaking start punching some of these balls in there um, in the red zone. But I, I think you know that really, really my two only two only complaints so far is that, you know, with our, with our offense. And, and as soon as we get better at that, there'll be no better time to have a complete game, which I'm, I, I think almost about to play the best game of the year this week. I don't know what it is about it. I got that feeling. It ain't even Kool-Aid, but I just feel like <laughs> Jimbo coming in at 11 a.m. I'm going to set the yeah. stage right now. Jimbo coming in nine hours away, maybe 10 hours away from, I know Houston, I drive down there a bunch, about nine and a half hours away from Oxford. Big old sleepy eyes coming into the freaking vault, uh, uh, you know, 11 a.m. game. I could see Ole Miss pepper in that ass this week. I'm talking really get after them, really hype, just is knowing, knowing what's in front of them. I, I think we're setting the stage to play our most complete game, but it's going to start with, hey, let's be better on third down. Let's punch. Let's roll sevens. We cannot roll threes in the big games. You go down to Georgia, it's going to be the same thing. You get that 10-yard line, that shit needs to be in the end zone. So I can see us playing our most complete game coming up, but it's going to start with those th those two statistical categories. Well, three things. Number one, 
in olden days, olden years, we would be worried about the 11 a.m. kickoff because they traditionally would be inherently advantaged for the visiting team, 11 a.m. games. And yet Ole Miss fans, as they showed against Vanderbilt, and a lot of people deserve a lot of credit for making sure a ton of fans were in the stands. Um, a bunch of people gathered tickets, delivered them to people, um, and made sure that Ole Miss fans, like Chris Beer said, and I think it's a, a salient point, it's a true point, it's very simple, but it's true. If you can't go to the game, make sure someone that is an Ole Miss fan is sitting in your seats. And by God, olden years, past years, Vanderbilt, regardless of those pleas and regardless of those efforts from both the university and just Ole Miss fans in general, I'm giving a shout-out to Kenny Carson here. I met him at Wild Bills and Sherman, helped him out with some tickets. You know, if not, I mean, olden days, that Vanderbilt game would have been 30,000 people in the stands, no environment whatsoever, and yet you had all of these recruits there for not a completely packed house, but one of the very – you couldn't have asked for, like we say uh, – like we've been saying, you couldn't ask for much more, if anything more, from Pete Golden and Solmus defense. Same thing with these Ole Miss fans. They showed up for Vanderbilt, and that tells me that everybody's taking this seriously. Everybody is treating this differently. Ole Miss fans are answering the call too. So that 11 a.m. game, I'm not worried about the atmosphere. I know Ole Miss fans are going to show up, and Ole Miss is a better team than Texas A&M, and not to mention the fact that, let's be honest, Lane Kiffin and Jimbo, they don't like each other. Lane's going to try to put it on Jimbo Fisher on Saturday. Hey, yes. So, yeah, that, that game, I expect Ole Miss to win, and honestly, I expect Ole Miss, I don't know what the line is going to be. I, I expect Ole Miss would open as like a six-and-a-half-point favor or something like that. Maybe it's only like three-and-a-half. But I think Ole Miss is going to cover that. I think Ole Miss is a double-digit favorite in Ben's pick em, uh, this week against Texas A&M. But the other two things, third down efficiency and red zone efficiency. As a former player, you've started four years at Ole Miss, eight-year starter in the NFL. First of all, with third downs, is that just a coincidental thing or is there something strategically, philosophically that is holding Ole Miss back that allows them not to be that efficient? Because I just assume that – with those numbers, it's just coincidence. You know, okay, yeah, that's just yeah. how the math worked out. But I don't know. Maybe it could be more. What do you think? I think I think two things go into to the third down with, with Ole Miss. The, the reason our numbers aren't great is, one, we, we, we're very hurry up, right? Like, like I, I think a lot of times Lane actually treats third down as, hey, if I can get to, to fourth and two, then I'm, you know, yes. I'm okay to go for it, right? That That's yeah. a little bit why our third down struggles. Um, to, to me, I don't, I don't think he's fighting for the sticks every single time, like, like most teams, right? Um, but at the end of the day, you know, if we're, if we're not getting any yards on third down, it turns into a punt, right? So I, I think that, I think he would agree, you know, we need to be better there. But, but a lot of that is, man, sometimes some of it's schemes, some of it's what his actual plan is. Cause I know he tried, he got a, he's got a decent fourth down, um, you know, ratio. So, um, yeah, That's I, part I just of think this philosophy, that, you're absolutely right. Cause yeah. like for him, if it's third and seven, if you give me five, I'm going on four and two. You know what I mean? But the problem is if you're not on schedule, that's when it can start to become a problem. You know, like if on third, yep. on that third and seven, you throw an incompletion. Well, now you're not going on fourth and seven. So the strategy is sound, but the, the what you're saying is the execution has been inconsistent. That's the problem. Yeah, it, it's yeah, even getting that six yards that he wants on third and eight, right, or, or anything. I think we've been stuck with a lot of, hey, we didn't get any yards, and so now it's down to fourth and eight. You, you ain't going for it on fourth and eight, right? So, and not, not many times you would think. So, um, you know, I think it's you know, just being, being a little more efficient, executing a little bit better, um, you know, overall, um, you know, I, I think that, that it would certainly help. I think it would make us a much better offense. Um, I think you would, I think most people would agree with that. And, you know, just punching in the sevens, man, we got to get the sevens down there in the red zone. And that's hard. I'm going to tell you right now, 
No one understands football. If you don't understand football, understand one thing. Red zone offense is damn hard to mm-hmm. to, to coach up, and it's damn hard to, I mean, because the field just gets so condensed, and your routes are shortened. Your defense doesn't have to cover as much at ground. So, you know, I've been on very few teams where the, where the offense was a great red zone offense. You know, every now and then you get a coach who really understands it. I think, um, yeah, I've been on a few teams. Bruce Arians was probably the best that really understands how to run red zone offense and scheme and how to get guys open. But it's not um, it's not easy. It really isn't. But I think I think we do need to be a little better there, and I think Lane would agree with that as well. Yeah, you hit on the last point I was going to make. I mean, red zone defense, offense, it all comes down to the shrunken field and how effective you are. And Ole Miss, what has made them, in your opinion, is it not having the full complement of offens- offensive weapons altogether all year? Is it because they run a hurry-up? Uh, inside zone, kind of reading the line of scrimmage, and that changes in a shortened yeah. field compared to when you're at the 50. Is that really all it is, or is there something more well, to I, it? You know, I, I think I think well, the reason why we were better last year and the year before in the red zone and on third downs because we ran the ball a little bit better. And I think that I, I don't think our run game's been bad by any means this year, but it, it definitely hasn't been what it's been the last couple of years. And that's just a credit to I, I don't know if the O line is a little different, what's the deal, but it just hasn't been. You know, th- think about LSU. I, what, what popped to my mind when I was thinking of third downs. Um, right there was that, that LSU game it was like third and 15 or something crazy and it ran for like 40 yards a draw or something like that I, I, it was it was we were playing at home maybe a year or two ago and we were just a lot better than a run game where where hey if it's if it's third and seven maybe, maybe I run one for six yards and get to fourth and one or I, I just don't think they have that ability to to run on third down like they did and I think it's killing them a little bit so um, I, I think overall that's probably what's you know, holding it back from what it was in the past. But, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where whatever it is, we need to fix it and, and get a little better there to take it to the next level, right? Hey, our offense is good. We all agree that, agree there. But every good offense, every great offense needs things to work on, and that's the one thing that, that I want us to, to get a little better on. Yeah, I do think Ole Miss has a little bit of an issue as far as interior blocking, especially in the run game, with the, with the interior of the offensive line. I don't think they're strong in the interiors they'd hope to be right now. Reese McIntyre's uh, alternating in with Caleb Warren at center because I think Caleb's still banged up. He's yeah. been banged up, it seems like, his whole year. Quincy McGee's a transfer from UAB, and he has some good moments, but he's limited as far as what he can be in, in the talent level there, I think. I don't think he's a next-level player necessarily, but he's been solid for Ole Miss, exactly what they needed, a plug-and-play guy in the portal on the offensive line. But if you're talking about next-level talent, uh, I don't know. I think that's pretty arguable with Quincy. And the same thing with Jeremy James at this point. Jeremy's dealt with a lot. You know, I mean, he's coming off of his own – second or third injury, a surgery on his shoulder. Jaden Williams has not been available to Ole Miss at the same level as he was last year as an all-league caliber player as a fresh, redshirt freshman at left tackle. He's playing minimal snaps behind Victor Kern, who's a transfer from Washington. That tells me one of two things. Either Jaden's in the doghouse, Jaden's just not himself after his shoulder surgery, or, I mean, I don't know what else it would be, <laughs> you know, because he's we thought he was probably going to be an anchor for them, and yet he's playing sparingly. So they got to figure out some things on the offensive line. But for me – that that's nitpicky. You have to pick those things apart. You have to acknowledge those things, yeah. but seven and one is seven and one. They're four and one in the sec yeah. and all of their toughest games are behind them. And unlike last year when they were seven and one and then fell apart, I think this team is as best position as any Lane Kiffin team at Ole Miss to finish this thing in a way where we're wondering about, okay, they've arrived, right? I mean, even if they yeah. don't, find a way to sneak into the playoff. Even if they can't win out, maybe they lose to Georgia. Maybe they uh, have a hiccup against the Texas A&M. They're going to beat State. They're going to beat ULM. The only thing this team has that holding it back is just can you get to the finish line as healthy as possible? Because I think this – all the opportunity is there. 
They've answered the call. They answered our call after Alabama made us look stupid, and that's all we wanted. We just wanted the wins. We wanted this, and here they are. So give them their flowers. This old Miss team is a good old Miss team. Do you think that the playoff discussion is real? I mean, could they really? Because for me, I've been saying it on the soccer soccer field, softball fields out there like I was yesterday, like you are right now. I know Ole Miss fans are saying the same thing to you, coming up to you and going, hey, wait a minute, minute, man. Can Ole Miss really make the playoff? They can. It's a tough path. They got to win out, and Georgia's got to beat Alabama at least in the uh, SEC championship game if Alabama doesn't lose two more in the regular season, but it just doesn't look like they're going to do. And then Ole Miss is in that discussion. Is talking about the playoff premature, or is this something that Ole Miss fans need to own? No, I think I think we should own it, man. I think uh, I think, but, but we're about to find out in two weeks if it is real, right? Or, or the next two weeks, we're going to figure it out, right? I think we beat A and M. Um, you know, I think it's going to take a special performance at Athens and an upset at Athens to really get into a real discussion. Um, at that point, I, I think there's no way you don't have a discussion, right? Hey, you lost Alabama at their at their place. Um, it was a close game. A lot of the game, if the, if the committee's really looking at it, we were winning at halftime, right? Um, gave us a few long passes in that game. Um, I think if you, I think we play Alabama on neutral side, it's a much better game. Um, so I think you, if, if you were to mess around and pull off and beat Georgia, a team who hasn't lost in shit 25 games at their place, it's very, it's very real. Because tell me a team at that point that we can't beat in the country on a neutral side if we're able to go into Athens and win. So that that conversation should very well be had after that week and should be taken very serious. Right now it's a good thought, right? But you have to win in Athens to even have that conversation. Because I think from there you're 11-1, and one, um, you know, pretty handedly. So, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm not sleeping on this team, man. I'm telling you, there are a few, few quick fixes away from from being a really good little team. And, you know, just we were touching on earlier with the run game, one thing people got to realize is, listen, Kiffin's, you know, Kiffin's been an old Miss was his fourth year or fifth, somewhere in there. Fourth year, um, yeah, yeah. People have film on him, right? And, and that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's the difference. You know, you're, you're what what he might be going through in the run game this year is, hey, they know what he wants to do, right? So, so teams are really able to scheme on him, and the great coaches evolve, and he will. He'll 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 figure it out. They'll figure it out as they go. But you know, I that, mean, they that's are figuring so cool out right Nick now. Saban, Quinchon's got three. They're figuring out right now. Quinchon's got three hundred yard rushing performances yep. in his last four. They're figuring it out. You're absolutely right. Yep. And Lane has been at Ole Miss longer than he's been at any other place as a head coach. So all of those things are true. And I look at this team and what it could be. And I think the dis- the playoff discussion is real. And it has to come. And it comes back to me to that defense because that defense has not necessarily come even with the offense, but has made Ole Miss competitively. Uh, they go into every game knowing that they're going to do their part and can do their part. And I think now it's allowed us to contextualize the Alabama loss. Well, if they'd had Trey Harris, if they'd had Caden Priest corn, yeah, those guys played, but they were injured. They were hurt. And now, like, t- those are two of the biggest weapons they have. And we haven't talked enough about Caden Priest corn. Yeah, the stats last night weren't anything to write home about, but as an inline blocker, I think I read or the SEC Network talked about with Caden Priest corn blocking for him. Quinshawn Judkins is averaging 4.9 yards per carry. When he's not blocking for them, for him, he's averaging 2.9 yards per carry. That is not a coincidence. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great stat. Yeah, he's he's been a big big part of this offense so far. Can bigger body can block. Yeah, he's been awesome for us, man. He's been awesome, and everything almost hoped he would be. Actually, hoped Michael Trigg would be a year ago, but that's neither here nor there. And then you look at the schedule. I think that Georgia, if Ole Miss can beat Texas A&M. Would be would it be the biggest game in Ole Miss history? I mean, it would be bigger than 2014 Ole Miss Alabama. It'd be bigger than 2003 LSU. 
I think this might be the biggest game ever if they can get through Texas A&M. No, I agree. I, I think I think this this could be a program changing game. I mean, anytime you you line up and and have a chance to to literally put your team in the in a top five discussion, um, yeah, it should be one of the biggest games in almost history. And and I, I have this odd feeling, man, that we're going to really play well versus A&M. Yeah. I'd be shocked if we didn't. I, I think I think Ole Miss hasn't played a complete complete game. I think we played some good games this year. LSU was close, but defense we sucked. Um, I, I can really see us coming out and putting it all together. I, I think, you know, last thing Lane wants to do is lose a Jimbo at home and hear his bullshit. <laughs> so Lane, Lane going to be ready. Lane's ready this morning. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel good about this weekend. Yeah, that's what's crazy is when's the last time, if ever, never, that we've said Ole Miss is 7-1 and one and still hasn't played a complete game. And it's true. They didn't play a complete game against Vanderbilt. Jumped out to 26 to nothing, but they had some red zone issues. Stalled out in the red zone. Defensively, they held it down because offensively they needed to scale it back a little bit. You win 33 to 7. That's not a complete game. There hasn't been a complete game played by this Ole Miss team all year. And that's the most encouraging thing to me going into Georgia. I was wanting to see Florida be more competitive with Georgia so I could at least justify my optimism about that game because Brock Bowers is no longer available, unfortunately, for Georgia. That's the best player in college football. And yet, Georgia. They're Georgia. They got the best talent in the country. And, yeah, Brock Bowers might be the best player, but they're still going to be good. So it's going to be a hell of a challenge. But I think Ole Miss has a real opportunity here to go, like you said, win a program-defining game and change the complete complexion. I mean, take Ole Miss, break through that glass ceiling they've been asking Ole Miss to break through for so long, really punch, punch through that glass ceiling and arrive on a national stage to where you have to take them seriously starting as early as not 2024 when the playoff arrives. But this year, we need to have a real discussion. If they beat Texas A&M and then go beat Georgia, a real discussion. Who else has a better resume to be included in that, that top four, even a one-loss Ole Miss team? So it's all setting up for him. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter. We both are at the Ole Miss Spirit. OMSpirit.com and a foot of on three. Check us out. we got a promotion going for Texas A&M week. You can sign up today. I think it's a dollar promotion uh, if you sign up for a new sub. Brad will be there talking, even from the softball fields. I'll be there talking. This podcast is there, stories there, all the post-game coverage from the Vanderbilt game in every single game and the buildup throughout the week, recruiting, a huge recruiting weekend for Ole Miss. Cam Franklin was on, was on campus, the number one player in the state, committed to Ole Miss. Deion Smith, oh man, the former LSU wide receiver that has been destined, it seems, uh, to end up at Ole Miss eventually. Well, now it feels like he's on the pathway because that's Lane Kiffin's guy. So if you want to check out that, the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and Philip on three. And also simply search Talk of Champions in iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, and check out hashtag not committed. That's the recruiting show. Check out hit that line. That's the betting show. Check out the flagship. That's me and whoever I can get to come on with me for that day. Check out the Ole Miss Morning After Show. That's me and Brad because we're coming to you after every single, it seems like weekly Ole Miss win now. My optimism is back to peak level, Brad. The Kool-Aid is being poured up. Oh, pour that shit heavy the next two weeks, baby. I can't wait. I'm going to Athens. I'm going to walk in that bitch with my chest held so high for eight and one. I'm either going to get hit in the mouth or I'm going to be, I'm going to be really lit. So I'm, I'm excited about it. What we should do is before that game, find each other. We will. We'll find each other and like shoot some content. And then after the game, our reaction. <laughs> you don't want to see me after that game. I saw that would be so good. Oh, you know, before the game, the oh, optimism, man. it'll be like a two minute video, like, we're here, we're fired up, blah, 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 blah. And then after the game, it'll be one of, oh my God, they did it. They won the program to fighting game. Or, shit, we did it to ourselves again, Brad. Yeah. yeah that's going to be a fun week. Heck yeah, it is. He's Bradley Self. Thank you, my friend.
See you, Ben. Howdy, howdy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.